Thursday here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast, and Thursdays mean only one thing. We're going to get you ready for next week by looking back at the best from the previous week. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield here. We are doing our offensive and special teams plays of the week here. It's, you know, I don't know about you, Mark. I don't know what you had to, to work through here. I didn't have a whole lot in terms of good performances from specialists, but I had a whole lot of good returns that I could pick from here. And it was pretty tough for me to narrow this one down, actually. Yeah, I had a bit of a different problem. I mean, going through the tape, I mean, there are, there are a couple of plays that stood out, but there was one that I just, you know, I literally got done writing a piece about it just now before we hopped on. And it wasn't even a touchdown, but I have to talk about it because I got a little, I got to vent a little bit, I think. You, you got to vent a little bit. Well, let's. I do. Mark, this, do. this is, you are in the trust tree. This is a safe space. Is this a okay. circle of trust? You know, the, the Quick Kicks pod is, we're not circular here because time is like a flat circle, okay? Nothing else is really going to, you know, function in that way. This is more like the trapezoid of trust is how I like to look at it. Okay. Talk to I me. Like that. What, 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 do you, what do you need uh, to look, say? Look, at the outset, at the outset, reminders to our listeners, we are looking for a sponsor for the defensive play of the week. We're still looking. We've had a couple of, you know, bites at the apple, but we're looking for like the right sponsor for this. Because remember, offensive play of the week is brought to you by Stamper Oil, helping you reach 800 feet. And Chuck, remember a couple of weeks ago when we had this segment and I talked a little bit about the Atlanta Falcons? And that nice little throwback design that they had to yep. tight end Austin Hooper. Yep. Maybe you remember last week where I actually wrote an article about that. And I highlighted in the article how the Carolina Panthers probably saw that play on tape that went for a big game against the Oakland Raiders. They have a lot of people that are in their scouting department breaking down film. And yet they fell victim to that play against Atlanta. Same play? Same exact play. Okay. What 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 happened? I mean, Atlanta ran the same exact play that against Carolina last week as they did against the Raiders three weeks ago. Only this time, at least the Raiders held it to a long gain. It went for a TD. <laughs> it went for a touchdown against Carolina. Let's go to Monday night. Okay. Okay. Late in the third quarter, it's fourteen six Carolina's lead. Tampa Bay takes over possession. They run a couple of plays. They get to about the thir- their own 36. And they line up with 22 personnel. You've got fullback, running back, and two tight ends. Two tight ends are in a win alignment. You know, one's right on the end. The other guy, Brandon Myers, is in a win. And Carolina has their base 4-3 defense. Then fullback Allen Cross shifts up to the left side to line up as a tight end. That gives you a 13 personnel sort of look. Okay. And Cross is listed as a backup tight end as well. That's the same exact formation that Atlanta uses when they run that throwback design. That again, they had hit for a touchdown against Carolina a week, two weeks ago. Have you seen this previously out of the Buccaneers? No. Okay. I have not seen this at all. So, from, and again, I've watched every. NFC offensive snap this year. So yes. I had not seen this yet. So you've gone through, you know, pretty much all the Bucks tape that you can stomach at this point, and you haven't seen this formation and alignment from them yet. I haven't seen it. You didn't see it at all. Okay. So they're lining up in something completely new, but something that you're kind of hinting around saying, Hey, little Panthers, this might be familiar to you. It should be familiar to them because again, th- 
Dave, I'm sure somebody at you know one Carolina place. I we were talking about this yesterday. Is it Bank of America? Whatever it is, at least has a Game Pass subscription, right? Uh, so well, they could have least seen what the what Atlanta was doing against Oakland, and they've got their own tape. It is still Bank of America Stadium. Finally, yes. I have okay. confirmation on that, by the way. And I do not know if they have access to Game Pass there. but I would imagine that they at least have access to their own film where they get beat by this design by Atlanta. Well, you, you would hope so. You would hope so. But continue. Regardless, now they shift to this sort of, you get wind left and you got a pro formation to the right, a single back, and what happens? Winston takes the snap, fakes the run to the left edge, boots back to the right. And you've got Russell Shepard, the one receiver. He does what Julio Jones does on this play, and he runs the deep over route. Cross fills the Jacob Tammy role. He's going to run the intermediate route, only he gets jammed by Luke Keekley and falls to the turf. Okay. Okay. So he doesn't even – he's not even a factor. Brandon Myers is the guy in the wing. He's going to do what Levine Toyolo usually does for Atlanta on this play, block down for a little bit, and then sort of release to the flat. He's like the – he looks to be the third option because you figure if you're running this boot action, quarterback's rolling right, he's going to look for the post route deep, then that intermediate crosser, and then finally the third guy. Again, putting aside the throwback aspect to it. Meyer blocks down. Myers blocks down too long. So by the time like Winston pulls up to throw, he's like still basically in the middle of the scrum on the play action, like on the run block and movement. Okay. So all you've really got is the post route. It still works because – Cameron Brait, who's the inline tight end to the right, he fills the Austin Hooper role. He blocks down, continues down the line of scrimmage, and then releases up the left side, down the numbers, like it had they like Atlanta has done twice this year, like they did to the Panthers two weeks ago. And again, he's wide open. So and Winston drops it in, and it goes for I think like a thirty-eight yard gain. And then the very next play, they score a touchdown on a double move. To that same side of the field, burning the cornerback who I can't tell what the coverage is because there's so much stuff going on. But if it looks to be either cover one or cover three, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the cover is. I don't really want to point fingers at anybody specifically defensively on this play. But on the next play, they get a double move to that side of the field. And the cornerback on that side bites on the double move. Touchdown. Two-point conversion. It's now 14-14. So here's a question for you. The NFL, obviously, we always hear that it is a copycat league. How often do you actually see a direct copy of a play like this that previously not even the formation was installed in a team's playbook prior to the week before? I mean, I can't say definitively that Tampa Bay didn't have this in their playbook. Okay. Like, in the, yep. you know, I hadn't seen it. but So I can't say, you know, with 100% certainty that they never had it in the playbook. Yep. But it's kind of interesting that, you know, they suddenly dial this up. You know, I hadn't seen a ton of 22 personnel from them, um, at least before this game. You know, they're, they're typically a standard, you know, 11 personnel team. I mean, Adam Humphreys, who's their sort of slot guy in their 11 personnel, didn't get a ton of snaps in this game. So, it, like you said, it is a copycat league. They, you know, dial this up for it and then hit it for a big one. So, so. If, if you're a defense and – if you see a formation and an alignment that you haven't seen from a team before, what what is what is the typical guidance there? I mean, because a lot of the times it'll be okay. Your keys are you know X, Y, and Z based on what the tendencies of the team are. So if they're doing X, here's my responsibility, and I know what I'm looking for. 
how are, are you coached in a certain way to react? Do you, do you pretty much wipe the play clean and go to a base? I mean, how do you, how do you deal with that? I mean, this is kind of a, a situation where you would expect them to just go base. I mean, it's 22 personnel. It's eye tight right. And then they shift to a, you know, you know, tight right pro left. Look, it's, it's, it's still 22 personnel. I mean, it's not like they came out and suddenly went like five wide on you and you hadn't seen it yet. I mean, it's still sort of a base offensive concept. So, I mean, you would think that maybe they see something like this and they would say, okay, well, let's just play, you know, cover four or something. Maybe they do that rather than sticking with cover one or whatever it was that they were in. But, yep. you know, it, it's just a situation where you would think that at least by this point, having seen it on tape, at least you think they would have seen it on tape, Atlanta doing this to Oakland. Having had it done to them, Atlanta doing it to them two weeks ago, they'd have a, a at least somebody in the, in the system would say, look, okay, guys, if we see this, if we see this boot action, this was the first like boot action play that they had, uh, Tampa Bay had run that game too. Yep. Because so I went back and looked at the film again. So it's not like, you know, Tampa Bay runs like a ton of boot action and this is the first time they've done something like that. I mean, you see that formation. It's You start to see boot. Somebody on the field must have been thinking, man, we got burned for this. Like, I, I don't know. It, it just, I had to point that out. It this wasn't like the sexiest play or anything like that, but it's like, look, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. Can't get fooled again, right? Right. It's it, it, the thing that I was always taught is, look, you never make the same mistake twice. Yeah. You know, well, you, you make now it once, it's like three times. You so. learn from it. Well, look, maybe you don't make the same mistake twice. You make it three times. So you know, technically, you still didn't. But so let's in any let's case, move on. Move on. Yeah, special let, teams. Special teams. Yes, we uh, we have again uh, our President Whitmore Weekly Medal of Special Teams brought to you by Case Crop Dusting. We can spell anything with dust except letters with straight lines. Case crop dusting. By the way, I uh, I got the opportunity to watch the the second Independence Day movie over the really? weekend. How was that? It is the biggest steaming pile of crap I have ever seen. Really? Might be might be the worst movie I've ever seen actually. And I I love the first. And is it worse than Starship Troopers three? I didn't see the third one there. I only now saw that. My friend is rough. That did, is rough. Was that even straight to TV, or did that never even I make think, it to I'm TV? I'm pretty sure it was straight to TV. I, I don't even I mean, know if it, it made it, it there. No, it did because that's how I saw it. Oh, I mean, it did. Okay. Original. I mean, you know, the Battle of Big K. I mean, the original is great. But. Original is a classic, but unfortunately, uh, Independence Day Resurgence does not uh, does not continue on the way that you would like it to. So. In any case, we do have uh, our special teams play of the week here, and I'm going to take you over to uh, Minnesota, to the Vikings' new stadium. And uh, yeah, we're going to head over to uh, to take a look at the Vikings here, and specifically, we're going to look at a punt return. And in this one here, we've got the Houston Texans, they're punting from their own 22-yard line, and they're punting pretty much from the middle of the field. It's not on either of the hashes. And Shane Leckler, you know, former Pro Bowl punter, former All-Pro punter, you know, he, unfortunately, time catches up with all of us. And Shane Leckler, you know, hasn't had the strongest year necessarily. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not any fault of his own. He simply is getting old, like all of us are going to at some point. And that's, you know, just something that he needs to deal with. Father Time's undefeated. Father Time catches up to, to everyone. Well, Mr. Leckler actually booms one of the best punts he's had all year. Okay, this thing travels 57 yards. That's about 4.7 seconds a hang. So there's a lot of hang. There's a lot of distance here. 
one of the flaws, it's not really placed particularly well, which is an issue that Leckler has. It's right in the middle uh, of the left hash and left numbers, so it's you know kind of in the middle of the field still. But he's got good hang on the ball. You know, it's he's he's got a big punt off, and he's got good hang to let the coverage team get downfield. What happens is Marcus Sorrells, the returner for uh, the the Vikings, gets the ball at his own twenty-one yard line. Okay. And he boogies hard left, cutting back to the middle of the field. He gets back just close to the middle of the field, plants his foot, and just boogies straight up field pretty much. He ducks by two Texans who have a chance to tackle him. He fakes Leckler, unfortunately, out of his pants, which you never like to see that with a punter. Um, But pretty much, it's just an outstanding effort from Shirelles, but more importantly, the other thing that I noticed when I watched this play is it had some interesting elements as far as the blocking was concerned in that it almost looked to me, when you're watching from the end zone view, it almost looked to me like it was set up like a zone read run with how they were, were going about blocking really? how the so? Texans. It was, it was really interesting because the Texans actually end up with pretty good coverage heading downfield. They're actually they're spread out in pretty decent lanes. They're downfield. And what Minnesota does is they pretty much stack up right on the right shoulder of every single Texans uh, coverage player. Okay? And pretty much what happens is Shirelles is cutting across, coming across you know, from left to right on the screen, and you've got every Viking pretty much almost down-blocking back against the grain there, and Shirelles is just kind of looking for a seam, and he finds one and just hits that gap and goes right through it. It's, I don't know if it was drawn up this way or if they were trying to do something else and, and if they were trying to run this all the way around the edge there, but... I was watching this, and I'm sitting there, I'm going, it almost looks like they're running a zone read off of this off this play here. So it's, you know, it was something interesting to see. And, and, and Shirelles, I got to say this, that kid is quick, okay? I, I had to look this up after. Shirelles at the, at the combine ran a 4.37 and a 4.07 uh, on the 20-yard short shuttle. This guy has some serious wheels, both top-end speed as well as initial quickness. When he sticks his foot in the ground to get upfield... It you know everyone else it's it's almost like everyone else just skids on the banana peel and goes right by you just see like four Texans wash out of the frame and, and then he's just gone he's you know very impressive in terms of the speed and the quickness there and you know I need to see more from him in terms of his directional ab- uh, not directional ability but spatial ability and whether or not he can make reads in space because with his physical skills he he's got the potential to do some things. And he really just needs to be able to show, hey, I can identify what's coming and make the use of those skills then. You mentioned this sort of like almost looked like a zone blocking scheme. Have you ever seen anything like that from any other team, Uh, even at the collegiate level? You know, you you don't see stuff like that too often. Typically, it's, hey, here's my man. Here's who I'm trying to block. This one, you know, you had certainly guys lined up, you know, looking for men. I'm not going to say that they weren't, but it just... It immediately reminded me of just, you know, it was almost they're just trying to wash everyone to one side. Obviously, it's a little different from a traditional zone read in that this, the design was, you know, you're you're, you're blocking to the left, but the return, returner's actually trying to come to the right. It's, I mean, I guess you could kind of see that in a zone read if you're looking at that cutback lane, but it's it's really interesting just what you saw off this. And I just kind of got a kick out of watching it. I'm sitting there, I'm going, wow, it almost looks like an offensive line that's blocking on this play here. So 
I got a kick out of it. I thought it was fun. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty much what I saw there. That's good stuff, man. I mean, anything on Baltimore? Because I noticed when I was watching that Washington-Baltimore game, I saw some stuff from them. Benefit of uh, the full week, the five days that we have here, is we got this thing called Kicker Friday that we got coming up tomorrow. And so, Baltimore Ravens fans, your team has a problem. It's not your specialists. Your specialists are pretty good. The problem is your coverage units, something stinks there. And I'll tell you, I I had written a piece on this earlier this year because the coverage unit for the uh, the punt team had let down Sam Cock in a couple different situations and, and really put him behind the eight ball as far as ruining some good punts. And I'll tell you, the coverage units, both the punt coverage and the kickoff coverage have some real issues there. We're going to dig into that tomorrow on the Quick Kicks Pod Mark. That's what we got planned for tomorrow. Oh, big tease. I like it. Big market tease. Ravens fans, come ready. Bring your pitchforks, torches, whatever you want. I'm ready for you. We'll see you tomorrow on the Quick Kicks Pod. Quick Kicks Pod.